Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and it is great to have you here with us on today's show. What a fun Friday it is for you. Excited to be here as we get ready for the Duke and North Carolina football game coming your way tomorrow from Keenan Stadium on the campus of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Should be a good one. On our show, I'm going to be able to chat with Brian Kennedy, one of the guys from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Really enjoyed our conversation. Make sure you go check out their preview of the game as well. It's available wherever you get podcasts. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. My Twitter handle is at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore so that you could follow all the great content regarding Duke Athletics. It's Five Star Friday. We'll get into those a little bit later, but for now, a quick break, and then Brian Kennedy joins the show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, celebrate the freedom of choice with all of their amazing flavors. Did you know that they had so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, then you're missing out. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. That's just to name a few. You know what my favorite flavor is? Well, it's definitely cookies and cream. It's so good. It's healthy, covered in 100% chocolate, and yet I've got so much energy after eating it. That is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Wow, that's awesome. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Order today and you got to try the new flavor. It's Grasshopper Cookie. It's a really good one or just order whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. Isn't that great? Getting ready for some Olympics, track and field events and that sort of thing. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E. D15 for 15% off your next order. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and today I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Brian Kennedy from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. It's rivalry week, it's the Blue Devils, it's the Tar Heels, it's the best time of the year. And Brian, I appreciate you being a guest on this podcast. JJ, thank you so much for having me on, and you couldn't have said it any better. This is my Christmas. I love Duke versus UNC. I don't care if it's basketball, football, water polo, track and field. I love rivalry week. That's awesome. I love when these two teams get on the field. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It doesn't matter what sport it is. I'm going to be watching. I want to win at the end of the day. And so uh, this is great. Let's just start there. What do you think about the fact that it's the first ACC game of the year for Duke? This early in the year, October, like I still can't truly process the fact that the game's being played this early you know I'm kind of upset with the ACC scheduling committee (laughs) because this used to be the last game of the year yeah and it was one that we all looked forward to and it's just like basketball records don't matter with Duke and UNC they truly don't especially when it comes to the outcome of the actual game but I gotta tell you man what a first ACC game for the Blue Devils to head into and obviously UNC is not 
the UNC team we thought this was going to be heading into this game. You know, they're two and two. They've had some difficulties on both sides of the ball. We can get into that later, but it's just going to be, I think it's going to be one of those games where this Duke team could surprise a lot of folks, media included. No, for sure. I'm, I'm excited to watch it play out and see what happens on Saturday between the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils. So, uh, Brian, you do the Section 17 podcast. Had Josh Cox on the program the past two weeks, and that's been awesome. I want to hear your story, though, and the Lockdown Blue Devils fans do as well. Like, how did this come together in your eyes that you guys all of a sudden have a, a podcast? Well, Josh, Jamie, and Scott have known each other a lot longer than, than me. I'm kind of the outcast that came into this You're group. the new guy. I'm the new guy. So about four years ago, Josh moved back down with his family to start a church locally here in Durham. And we are actually all a part of a fantasy football uh, league. And so we knew each other really from that, or I knew the guys from that. And we got to talk, and I believe it was during one of the drafts about our love for Duke football and how we think the Duke football team is going to be. And let's be honest, Duke football season tickets aren't exactly that expensive. <laughs> Still aren't, so great deal. But we just decided, hey, we're all big fans and we all love going to the game. So why not? Let's just go ahead and get some uh, football tickets and let's go together. And, and and that's really just how it started. I believe it started four years ago, right when Josh got back into town. How big of a vision did you have for the for the podcast in general? Like uh, I, I, we've mentioned this before, before we started recording, that you're a big planner and that sort of thing. And, and so when you got, but when you guys were all talking together, like what kind of a vision did you have? I know you had the idea of let's just start recording this as we're talking, but what else went into that? So Josh came up with it. I, I mean, and, and he hit the nail on the head. I believe he told you this in one of the first interviews that you guys had that there's not really a, just a true Duke football podcast. And we're four fans. I mean, lifelong fans. We've all been through the good, the bad, and the ugly of Duke football. But Josh said, hey, you know, I'm a big proponent of podcasts. I love listening to them. Why don't we let's just start one about Duke football. And it has evolved so quickly, faster than I would have ever thought it would be. I mean, we went from the first year of just four guys trying to talk about Duke football, how they performed the week before, trying to analyze our opponent, talking about players we really don't know that much about, to now – We've got play-by-play callers from each school coming on, and they're actually giving their insight because they're with the teams every week. They know what players to look out for. They're good, bad, and ugly, what they need to work on, what the coaches think to, you know, we're just having a good time. You know, we're not trying to be too serious. I mean, I I think if you listen to our podcast, the last episode proved it. We we got into a a moment to where we lost control and just started laughing. (laughs) But that's the beauty of these podcasts. They don't have to be so serious. Let's just have some fun. Let's talk about our love of Duke football, but let's also talk real. Let's be real. Let's not, I mean, we love Duke football. Don't get us wrong, but we also like to have a realistic expectation for this team and where we see them going. It's the Section 17 podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And the UNC preview episode is out right now. As soon as you're done listening to this, make sure you go check that out. Brian Kennedy joining us here on the program. It's turned into something you look forward to every week then, Brian? I got to tell you, we typically record our podcast on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. I'm already researching our next opponent. Josh, no time to celebrate the final product. You're just on to the next one. (laughs) And that's how I am. I like to be as prepared as possible. I got to tell you, when I when you reached out to me to do this podcast, as soon as you reached out to me, I started getting notes ready. I'm like, I'm just a planner. Josh is completely different. 
if you called them on a Thursday and said, hey, we're meeting next Wednesday to discuss this, Wednesday at maybe 8.30, 9 o'clock, you'll be like, oh, okay, I need to prepare for this. I, I can't do that. You know, with, with coordinating interviews to getting information for the tell of the tape, which is my favorite thing to do, to, to researching alumni for the opposing school, I just enjoy it. I love researching. I'm a big historian. I just love to see where teams have come from, who's come from the school. So I just have a lot of fun with this. The listeners have heard tell of the tape a couple of times from you. What is that? How, how do you describe that? So the tell of the tape is just for your atypical average football fan who may not know much about the opponent Duke's playing. I like to give where they're currently at with their record. I like to tell them what the coach, where he's at coaching-wise, historically wins losses. But I also like to give a historical breakdown of the matchup between Duke and their opponent. Like UNC, they have played every year since 1922. They played four times in from 1888 to 1895. And then the chancellor of Duke said, football's too dangerous. We're no longer playing football. Stuff like that, I just like to, to, to tell people. And then I always end it with a did you know. Something about the school or tradition, something about the football team that not your average Joe would know. I love just to present stuff like that. I just like to give as much information as possible so our fans might have a little bit more knowledge about the opposing team if they're talking to their friends the weekend of the game. Not as fun doing the UNC research, though, I would imagine. Yes and no. I got to okay. be honest. I have a I had a cousin that played football for the, for the Tar Heels during the John Bunting era. And so I'm, I'm a Duke fan, tried and true. Don't get me wrong. But anytime that we talk about our rivals eight miles down the road, I kind of like to see what their traditions are and anything I can find just to, you know, subtle jab. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this game. So Duke coming into it with a three and one record and North Carolina, as you mentioned, two and two on the season. Look, I'll be honest with you. You mentioned this a little bit earlier and I talked about it leading up to the season and, and doing this every week on Locked on ACC as well. I had incredibly high expectations for North Carolina football this season. Sam Howe, a returning quarterback, I get they lost a lot of skill position guys over the last few seasons, but anytime you've got a great quarterback, I've always been of the mindset he's going to make the rest of the team look better and figure things out. So I personally have almost been disappointed with what we've seen from the Tar Heels through the first four weeks because it wasn't what I expected. I don't think any one of us expected UNC to be two and two heading into this game. And again, we interviewed Jones Angel, and even he was a little bit surprised. Now, with that being said, UNC's offense is averaging 7.4 yards a play. That's sixth best in the nation. So they did lose really their running back core, and that's been kind of their weak spot. But I mean, Sam Howell is still putting up some pretty impressive numbers. He's actually turned into a mobile quarterback. We were talking about this before we started recording. I didn't watch much of the Georgia Tech game, but the one play that I did see that scared me for this weekend is when Sam Howell was running for the end zone and basically shed off five defenders from Georgia Tech and scored. (laughs) That is very scary, and that is something that Duke has had trouble with this year, and that's containing mobile quarterbacks. So if Sam Howell can get out in the field and rush and also have time to throw the football – we might be in trouble this Saturday. 
Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. We're back at better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action that you need here in 2021. With an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Also use promo code Locked On From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine basketball, football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We're talking about Sam Howell, of course, who's a first-round pick, likely in 2022, and uh, has got some running backs in the backfield. Ty Chandler, a Tennessee transfer, and wide receivers, and Josh Downs and Coffee Brown, who have come onto the scene. What about on the defensive side of the ball, though? Now, I, I personally don't feel like there's a lot of talk about the Tar Heels defensive unit. You mentioned how successful the offense was. What do you think we'll see on Saturday out of the Tar Heels defense? I, I really don't know because when we were doing the score predictions, I, I believe, and I don't have my notes with me, I believe the Tar Heels have been given up somewhere, I think, 28 points per game. So they're kind of like Duke's defense, kind of suspect. We don't really know what defense will show up, and that's the same with our Duke team. Um now, I will say our Duke team has actually improved, in my opinion, in these first four games. They went from having no turnovers in the first two games to having seven turnovers the last two games. So it's really a toss-up for both teams. I, I'm really interested to see, are we going to have one of those Big 12 shootouts to where the defenses don't show up? Or will we have a three-to-nothing game heading into the fourth quarter to where it's been a snoozer, but the defenses have locked down both quarterbacks and Gunnar Holmberg and Sam Howell? Uh, yeah, you never – because it feels like every time – you get this in Super Bowls, right? Where every – a Super Bowl, you've got two weeks leading up to it. You could have the best offenses in the entire world for two straight weeks. We're talking about, man, the score is going to be astronomical. You get to the game, and all of a sudden it's the defenses that are showing out. That, I hadn't even thought about that, Brian, but – here we are talking about some great offenses. Maybe we're looking at a 10-6 to 6 ball game at the end. Of, who knows? Uh, 
And and that would be a great game. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of fans <laughs> will turn the TV off. I mean, let's be real. Defensive. I game need points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need excitement. I need points. And furthermore, I need Gunner to throw for over 300 yards for the third straight game. Mateo to rush for 100 yards for the third straight game, and Jake Bobo to receive for 100 yards for the third straight game. I had to throw that in there. Yeah. No, they've been on a roll. They've uh, they've obviously been doing a lot of great things. This will be the first ACC game for Duke uh, on the season. This is already going to be the fourth. ACC game that the Tar Heels have played in do you think that matters I think it does because I think what Mac Brown and this is just me talking yeah I don't have any insight but I think what Mac Brown wanted to do was to come out of the gates fast and show everyone that this was the UNC team that everyone expected and it has not worked out in Mac's favor and you've seen his frustration right now on the other side for Duke I think this has been very fortunate for us, and here's why. We have not played a complete game of football yet this year, and it's been evident. The Charlotte game, while it still stings, you know, we were working out the Kings from, from fall ball, spring ball, everything like that. Yeah. We had a slow start against A&T. Everyone expected us to, to really drop points on them early and fast. That didn't happen. Northwestern, we finally have a great start to the game, and then we let the foot off the gas. Everyone's been saying that. And then we had a very slow start against Kansas. A lot of people were starting to wonder, could Kansas beat us? Because we were actually down at the half, and then Kansas, for whatever reason, they just they got gassed. So I, I just – I got to tell you, I think it's in our, our advantage to where we have these early non-conference games, to where we can work out some of these kinks, whereas with UNC, they've already had four ACC games – and they're already in the hole. A lot of people were expecting this team to go to the ACC championship, maybe even the final four for the BCS championship. And really, truly, unless a lot of stuff happens, that's not going to work out for the Tar Heels this year. No, for sure. I mean, it's it's crazy, the world that we're in with uh, North Carolina football. Duke fans are okay with it, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, as, uh, we're <laughs> looking forward to the game coming up on Saturday. Duke 3-1 and one in the non-conference and a lot of hype about the offense, and rightfully so. Coming into the year, I said the number 817 over and over and over again. That's the number of rushing yards that Mateo Durant had last year as more of a secondary running back with Deion Jackson getting a lot of run for the Duke football team. And this is not going to turn into a, an anti Deion Jackson fest by any mm -hmm. stretch of the imagination. But I, I think it's fair to say that through four games of the year, Mateo Durant has impressed everybody and, and truly surprised everybody with the production that he's had. Would you agree with that? He has certainly lived up to his preseason hype, unlike our quarterback from last year, but we won't go down that road again. <laughs> but let me just put this into perspective for you. He's got 522 rushing yards and eight touchdowns already through four games. Three out of his four games, he's had over 100 rushing yards. I mean, that's stellar stats. He's got the third most rushing yards in the NCAA, and he's tied for the most touchdowns in the NCAA. And to put it in perspective, to your point, he has split carries with Deion Jackson the last two years. His freshman year, he only had 43 rushing yards total, and he's 13th already on the all-time rushing list for Duke with 1,843 yards. And we were talking about this the other night, and Josh kind of did his math. If he were to rush, I believe it was for – 800 more yards, something like that. I can't remember. He would move up to fourth all time. All time for Duke football. That's crazy. And we haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2003 in Chris Douglas. 
So it's been a long time coming. Mateo has done everything that we had hoped he could do. It might be a little bit more difficult with ACC defenses, yeah. but I think what a better test than to have the Tar Heels first and foremost. He's well on his way. Uh, you mentioned quarterback just a moment ago, and we've talked about Gunner, the run he's been on. Uh, we talked a lot about Chase Bryce and the year that he had a year ago and really not knowing what to expect out of Holmberg himself. You look at Duke's offense, passing the football, only three scores, but that's because they've been running the ball into the end zone. However you get in is great with me, uh, just from the mm -hmm. production value of Gunner's numbers, just three touchdowns at this point of the year. If you told me that, Brian, I've been saying this often, if you said through the first four games of the season – Gunnar Holmberg is only going to have three touchdown passes. I would have thought the worst case in, in terms of the outcomes of these games. I would rather it be three touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, yeah. let's be real. We, we went through a lot last year with a lot of interceptions, but listen, he's been a breath of fresh air for our quarterback situation. He has been phenomenal. 1,140 passing yards, fourth most in the ACC. He's got the second best completion rating at 72%. If he can keep doing that, I don't care if he takes or has one more touchdown for the rest right. of the year. I mean, we, we've been running a lot. I mean, he had four rushing touchdowns against Kansas. He's a great mobile quarterback. He checks down his receivers well. But one thing that impressed me the most, and I was at the Kansas game last week, the very first series when he threw that interception. Nine times out of ten a quarterback does that, they just give up and let, watch the defender run into the yep. end zone. He chased that defender down, knocked him out, Kept him out of the end zone. Duke defense stepped up, no points scored. Very impressed by that. That tells me that's a quarterback that is all in. He is bought in. He wants to do anything and everything he can to help his team out, whether it be throwing the ball, running the ball, playing defense, obviously, as it, as it was shown. But I think it's best to say that Duke fans are very happy. But then you kind of also wonder, where was this last year? Yeah. Why didn't we see this more last year? But – I, I'm just very impressed with Gunner and his situation. And I said this the other night, I think Cutcliffe has finally thrown the keys to the car to him and said, this is your team. Start driving. Jake Bobo is someone that uh, has 34 catches on the year at the wide receiver position. Most in the ACC, the entire wide receiver room though. What have you thought about uh, their play so far? A lot better than last year. And, and I think that last year, again, with COVID and everything, it was just a, a unique situation for not only Duke, but for all the teams across the country. But they have bought into Gunner being the quarterback, and they're doing everything they can to, to get open so that he can produce the ball and pass the ball. It seems like Gunner, like I said, he checks his receivers well, but he spreads the ball well too. Jalen Calhoun, um, Nikki Dalmolin, Jake Marweedy. I mean, I could keep going talking yeah. about all the receivers that have, have caught a ball from him, but they are finding ways to, to, to get open. And, and we're going to need that to happen this weekend against UNC. If, if Gunner can get going early and can start tossing the ball on all sections of the field, I think there's going to be a lot of people surprised with the outcome of this game. I, I know I keep saying that, but a lot of people are – a lot of people are, are just putting this Duke team to rest. They're saying there's no chance that they can compete against UNC. But as we saw last week against Georgia Tech, that UNC is susceptible to teams. Brian Kennedy from the Section 17 podcast with Duke Football Talk is joining us here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Their UNC preview is out right now wherever you get your podcast. I was listening to the episode this week as I want to transition to the defensive side of the football for the Blue Devils. 
And you guys had a, a really good conversation sort of recapping the non-conference play that through the first two weeks of the season, the defense wasn't giving you a whole lot in terms of turnovers being created, sacking the quarterback, things like that. And then all of a sudden, the last two weeks, Brian, the defense is having a party every single time they're out there on the field, making a lot of great things happen. And it's funny, you expected that party to be against UNC Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina, a right. and it didn't happen. But again, as I said earlier, this defense lost a lot in the offseason. We lost a lot of key players, Chris Rump, Victor Dimukeji. And so filling in those gaps, you've got some guys that aren't used to being in the spotlight. But, I mean, we're still giving up 26 points per game. That's 81st out of 130 schools. But yet again, we go from zero turnovers in the first two games to seven turnovers in the last two games. We're still having trouble containing mobile quarterbacks. But it's not like each and every week we're going, oh, man, they're making the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. They're doing the same things over and over and over again. They are actually improving. And a, a couple of guys that have just really impressed all of us is, you know, one being Shaka Hayward leading the tack in tackles and um, led, him, led in tackles three out of the four games so far, 41 tackles total. I mean, that's the seventh best in the NCAA. Uh, you know, Dwayne Carter, he's, I mean, let's just say it, he's a workhorse. Yeah. He's all over the field. I know Josh has said that to you before. I'm saying it as well, never gives up on a play. And we'd love to have a player like that. Someone who doesn't matter where he's at on the field, he's going to try and end the play himself. And Lummy Young, I'm, I'm telling you, if he can stay healthy this entire season, he is going to put up some great numbers. He's already got an interception. He's got a forced fumble, 28 tackles. I'm just, cautiously optimistic about this defense and continuing to improve each and every game. That's what it takes. I mean, improvement every single week. Nate Thompson has really come on over the past couple of weeks. Stinson's been great in the back end, making things happen for Duke football. But uh, I can't get enough of Dwayne Carter because that's somebody that uh, you mentioned the motor a little bit earlier coming into the year. Yep. Very, very little playing time so far in his Duke career, and he's already representing the program at media day events and that sort of thing. It's like this, obviously Cutcliffe knows what he's doing, but he truly was like, trust me on this one, Dwayne Carter is going to be someone that you're going to know. He's got that Rudy mentality. If you've never <laughs> seen the movie Rudy, I suggest you look at it, but we love Dwayne Carter. His mom is actually a part of our Facebook group. Awesome. If he gets involved. <laughs> She, she predicts what her son is going to do each and every game. She actually predicted that he would get a sack against Northwestern. He got it. So we gave <laughs> props to her. So, again, he's one of those, those people that's just – it's infectious, the, the desire that he has on the field. And that makes us all amped up in the stands when we see him just running down players, not stopping until the whistle blows. He's just a great, great addition to this team. And I got to tell you, he, he brings everyone up to his level. How badly do you want the victory bell on Saturday? I want to run on the field and ring it, if that tells you anything. <laughs> it's been two years since we've had possession of it. And I got to tell you, the, in 2013, it was – sorry, 2012 when Jameson Crowder made that catch, I rushed the field with all the other fans <laughs> and was right there when we were ringing the bell. This is – you know, Duke doesn't have many rivalries. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But when it comes to UNC, again, like I said, it doesn't matter what sport it is. And if we can take that bell from Keenan Stadium and bring it back home to Durham for a year, that is the ultimate prize for Duke football. And I would love nothing more for that to happen this year, especially for a UNC team that everyone expected to be hands down above Duke in every way. So we're looking at uh, Duke football getting ready for this upcoming weekend. And obviously looking back at last week, 
the football game versus Kansas. Uh, you mentioned putting together a full full quarters of football. Haven't really seen that from Duke this season. A, a kind of pitiful second half versus Northwestern, but you hold on to win the football game. Second half versus Kansas was absolutely great. Beyond the football, though, this past week at Kansas at Wallace Wade Stadium, uh, there was recognition for pediatric cancer, which is something that uh, you and your family are going through currently, Brian, and uh, I'll allow you to speak on that. Yeah, so our, our world was turned upside down three days before Christmas. It was not the Christmas present we expected whatsoever. Our two-year-old son, Harrison, was diagnosed with leukemia. And it was something that no parent expects to hear that your son or daughter has cancer. And so these last 10 months, if we're being honest, have been have been hell. Yeah. And uh, we know that there's a lot of parents that go through this day in and day out. But being able to to be with Harrison, our son, and to see him fight through this courageously and have a great attitude and be happy 95 percent out of the year is just made us. I think realize like, Hey, some of the small stuff that we sweat in our day-to-day lives really don't mean anything. And, and being able to just have one of those days where we can just go to a football game, enjoy it. And I got to say, Harrison was more invested in the football game than our six-year-old was. <laughs> and, and so, oh, sorry, five-year-old. And so that makes me good, happy because in the coming years, he'll want to go to these football games. But but Duke really did roll out the red carpet for us. They took care of us in every way, whether it came to parking, to seating. They recognized us in between the first and second quarters. So kudos to Duke. They were one of the schools that, you know, brought pediatric cancer awareness to light. They've been doing it for years. And I, someone was asking me, did you know about this? And, and I got to be honest, I really didn't pay attention to it in years past because it personally did not affect yeah. me. And, and I say that you know, I was kind of selfish about it. It was like, oh, well, pediatric cancer. I don't really know anyone that's gone through it or anyone's kids, but it has taken a whole different meaning. And I'm just very thankful that Duke does this year in and year out, and hopefully we'll be doing it again next year. For sure. And not just Duke. I mean, it's a, it's a worldwide thing, but um, obviously pediatric cancer is something near and dear to my heart, as I've discussed on this podcast and many other outlets and that sort of thing. That's absolutely beautiful. So Harrison, big time football fan, it looks like. Uh, which is awesome to hear. Let's kind of end with this because the podcast is titled Section 17. So we hope one day in the future, many days in the future, many different games in the future, that Harrison gets to be a part of that Section 17 crowd. But not just your son, Brian. To all our listeners out there, what makes Section 17 so special inside Wallace Wade Stadium? Listen, we will stay in the cheap seats forever. <laughs> that is something. And, and again, growing up, that was where we sat in the horseshoe. For those of you who don't know Wallace Wade, it is a horseshoe stadium. Section 17 right in the middle. And I remember going to games with my great-grandfather, and that's where we sat, Section 16, 17, 18. And so when I saw that Section 17 was general admission, I've, I've sat there for years. And to me personally – that's the best view. I do not like sitting on the 50 yard line because I don't, I, I'm not able to see a play develop. And I would love nothing more for this tradition to continue. Josh has brought his daughter. Um, I'm looking to bring both my boys. They were there this past weekend, but we had friends in section 21, so they couldn't fully experience it. But that is something near and dear to my heart. 
I've cried at Duke football games. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. When we went through the O for years and then we finally get a win against Navy. Um, I just want to hope that we can pass that on to our kids as well so they can enjoy it just as much as us. And if, if it's anything like it was last weekend, then I'm very happy with how the outlook for the future goes for future Duke fans. Brian Kennedy, you have been an absolute pleasure. Again, really want people to go check out the Section 17 podcast. You guys have a lot going on. I love my Friday chats with the Duke football talk crew. So, uh, BK, thank you for doing this, man. I really do appreciate it. Listen, JJ, I really appreciate the talk both on and off camera. And, uh, you know, I look forward to talking with you in the future. Can't wait. Duke football this weekend versus the North Carolina Tar Heels. For Brian Kennedy, I'm JJ Jackson, and this has been Locked on Blue Devils. Thanks again to Brian Kennedy for joining us on Locked on Blue Devils here today. Very grateful for his time. Really, really enjoyed the conversation that we had as we were discussing everything going on in the world of Duke football as they get ready for this big-time game versus UNC. Five-star Friday shout-outs. Want to give a shout-out to Riverboat Ron for Prez on the Apple Podcast platform. Great Duke basketball podcast. This podcast is amazing, and JJ does a great job delivering the latest Duke basketball news. Not a lot, a whole lot of hoops on today's show, but I certainly do appreciate that. We love talking about the Duke basketball team because, boy, are they good, and, boy, am I ready for this upcoming season. 89 Duke left a review on the Apple Podcast platform. Great coverage on all Duke sports. Just found the Locked On podcast, and I love it. J.J. Jackson is like the New York Times in that he reports all the news that is fit to report on Duke sports. From women's golf to men's basketball, J.J. covers the teams and details, which makes the podcast a must-subscribe for all Duke fans. Keep up the good work, J.J. Thank you for that. And then finally, one more amazing podcast, a review written by Nacho Taco 487. This is a great podcast, and J.J. Jackson does remarkable work. I greatly enjoy the show. Thank you for that, and thank you to everyone else who leaves five-star ratings for this program. Do that today. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore Duke Football Talk. Those guys are at Duke FB Talk to catch up on all of their work. Make sure you do that. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.